0: Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. spacing and taking on all the play to pay control. Document the way that they aim to take control. Succinize and do their lies and make them fall. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get For years now, uh, we've talked quite a bit about the uh, somewhat depressingly low level of tech literacy among policymakers. Uh, just on this podcast in the past few months, we've talked to Denise Howell about understanding. Uh, what policymakers actually understand uh, about tech policy. We've talked to Bruce Schneier about getting more technologists engaged with policy. We've talked to Betsy Cooper about teaching technologists how to engage on policy as well. And we've talked to Daniel Schulman and Zach Graves about how to better inform Congress about technology issues. Um, So we're always excited when it appears that any uh, policymaker takes a serious interest in uh, any of these things that that we're interested in at TechDirt, and one who has definitely done a lot uh, on this front recently is Representative Mark Takano from California's 41st Congressional District. Uh, He's recently introduced two pieces of legislation, both of which I think are of uh, great interest to the tech dirt community. Uh, The first is the Office of Technology Assessment Improvement and Enhancement Act. Uh, As we've discussed, the OTA was an independent nonpartisan agency that uh, used to inform Congress about technology issues until it was completely defunded in 1995. Uh, For over a decade now, we've talked about the importance of bringing back the OTA, and there's uh, finally some appearance that that may be happening with the latest appropriations bill and with this new act. Um, uh, Congressman Takano is looking to make the OTA even better. Uh, the second uh, recent bill that he has introduced is the Justice and Forensic Algorithm, Algorithms Act, uh, which touches on another issue we've covered at Techter quite a lot. Uh, as our courts and law enforcement systems have grown ever more dependent on technology, defendants in court cases often don't actually have access to the underlying technology that could have a major impact on their lives. Uh, we've told many stories of defendants who wanted to understand the algorithms that are effectively deciding their fate, only to be told that it's a trade secret or otherwise proprietary. Uh, this bill would require such source code to be available. Now, both of these are obviously very interesting and important proposals, and here to talk about them is Congressman Takano. Uh, thanks for
1: joining us. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure.
0: So uh, let's start with the OTA bill. Um because that's obviously that's that's a big one that we've talked about a lot. Um, bringing back the OTA, first of all, but but your bill is also designed to try and improve the OTA uh, once it's actually back, right?
1: Yes, yes. We we didn't. We want to say this is not your father's OTA or not your mother's OTA, but uh, this is uh, the new and improved OTA. And uh, actually, we're we're actually going to rename it from OTA uh, to. Uh, some other name, uh, the name escapes <laughs> me, uh, right. but uh, the idea is that we just, we don't want to rebrand it, uh, but not just, it's not a just a rebrand, it's also some substantive uh, updates, so it's the uh, 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 equivalent of OTA, OTA 2.0, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we're going to call it the Congressional Office of Technology, Okay. so, so COT, I guess, is what we're going to call the new uh, uh, new revamped office um the idea was to shed some of the baggage uh that caused the original ota to come into disfavor uh, with a group of and that's that's over 25 years ago so a lot of the members who remember that uh division in the house uh are gone and uh, mostly Democrats, but um, a significant number of Republicans have come around to the idea over time that uh, Congress needs to restore this office
0: yeah.
1: uh, and uh, uh, and actually more more recently uh, the the uh, Committee on Congressional Modernization or Modernization of Congress, a select committee uh, which was set up in this Congress to just look at how do we how do we try to improve Congress? How do we try to build, uh, uh, strengthen the institution? Uh, that's being led by my colleague Derek Kilmer of Washington State. That committee has come out unanimously in favor of the uh, of uh, restoring funding, um, and uh, we've worked with them, uh, members of that committee also, in terms of uh, getting their input onto the. Uh, uh, the improvement, uh, the Office of Technology Assessment Improvement and Enhancement Act, which is the bill that I've introduced, uh, along with Senator Republican Senator Tillis and uh, Democratic Senator uh, Mazie Hirono. So um, I bet you're thinking, well, what does it do? What, yeah, mean, what does yeah. this do? <laughs> That's the next well, question. Um, so we we want to provide uh, members uh, with input. Uh, into what OTA does, uh, or the new office, of, uh, the new congressional office mm-hmm. of technology, um, by having making sure we have a member day every every legislative session, where, where members can come and testify, uh, testify before uh, the OTA governing board uh, to uh, explore certain issues, or you know, to to come and make suggestions about what OTA should be doing. Um, we also provide. Uh, members with expertise with quicker turnaround times. Um, we uh, we want to emphasize that information that members request should be should be provided you know as quickly as possible. One of the um, one of the frustrations with the the General Accountability Office or GAO studies uh, is uh, uh, you know one you have to get them approved, uh, which is cumbersome, and two uh, you know they often take a long time to get those done. Um, we also like the idea of, uh, of uh, emulating some of the work that the Congressional Research Service does in terms of their style. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, they would deliver um, briefings and informal conversations and technical assistance to members uh, without the need for uh, the board, uh, you know, the oversight board, to approve everything um so um you know as well as you know objective policy options when requested, so you know um you know you don't have to go through this find a find a person from the other party to write a, a joint letter to uh you know the powers that be a GAO uh, right. to get to get a service we we want this to be a very uh user friendly service for members um and I, this is the one I really like is to Say say GAO uh, say uh, say the Office of Technology Assessment is doing a a more robust uh, analysis um, uh, of of a certain topic in technology. Um, we like the idea of members getting preliminary findings um, of the hmm. ongoing technology assessments uh, in addition to the completed analysis. So, um, uh, but yet yeah, we we we. Uh, we want to make sure that we also structure this office so that it can be independent, uh, that it has a, a kind of authority um, on its own, that, uh, you know, when they, just like when the Congressional Budget Office will score a bill and say that this is how much will mm-hmm. will be added to the deficit, or this is how many people will lose their health coverage if we repeal the Affordable Care Act. Uh, you know, Congress needs a sort of Body that relates to technology issues in the same way, um, so that uh, you know. Uh, but we're, it's going to take it's going to take I think some time to ramp up uh, a level of um, uh, stature to give it stature and authority.
0: Right. Do you, Do you think that um, that your colleagues are eager to to use this once it's back in place? Do you think it'll take some some uh, you know, uh, training and education before they, they recognize that it's a valuable resource? Or, or what, what do you think are the challenges
1: there? Um, I think members are... Uh, I just came out of a classified briefing about technology today. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, members that are... that I would say relatively young Mm uh carrying around their cell phones uh are trying to understand the ways in which security can be compromised in those cell phones yeah and not there's few people who have not you know very few of us are trained uh in uh you know counter intelligence and just how electronics uh you know one of my staffers was saying oh uh, my roommate, who is – her roommate, who is not uh, a congressional employee, is, oh, going to go China. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, she advised her roommate, you ought, to, you ought to get like a, you know, a throwaway phone or a burner right. phone or a temporary phone that you take with you uh, to China. And, uh, you know, the reaction was, oh, you know, she just laughed in my face kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, so kind of – sound paranoid. Uh, And, you know, members of Congress say that's a that's a very real stress that members feel, especially in light of what happened uh, in the 2016 election year. Yeah. Uh, So uh, on technology and the anxiety around technology and the anxiety about not understanding uh, its limitations, its perils uh, uh, is something that's uh, going to, I think, be increasingly in members' faces and uh, it's going to take maybe one or two more incidences. Right. <laughs> so there's a huge political price to pay because, uh, you know, there wasn't the proper, uh, you know, technology hygiene uh, being followed. Um, yeah. But that's, that's just one area. I mean, it was just a whole, you know, uh, tech, uh, the area of privacy and yep. uh, uh, how privacy can be uh, perforated. Um, and the policy implications of that, uh, you know, we need a we need a shop that is, you know, that Congress owns. That's right. not part of the administration. That's not doing the bidding of the FBI or the intelligence community. Nor is it uh, have the, the the vested interest that the uh, that that the tech industry has. Right. You know, Congress yeah. ha- Congress needs to have its own uh, analysts. Uh, giving it policy options, uh, objective policy options about, you know, what to do about, you know, encryption and and whether there ought to be, uh, you know, a backdoor key to open up and unlock, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, cell phones. Um, So uh, that's, uh, so I think, so your question was, you know, Will we'll members start to need it? I think they're going to find they're going to need it a lot.
0: Right. And, yeah. uh, and they're going to... Well, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I know they need it. The, the question was whether or not they, they know that they
1: need it enough to use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say about half of the members were there at this briefing today. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them had the... Le- problem is that a lot of them had the... Le- I mean, surely a lot of them wanted to know more, but... Right. Uh, Congress is like a tension deficit, Um. The main problem of Congress is being able to focus on any one topic with a, a level of depth that you need. And the truth is, um, members are just dealing with a bunch of issues that flow across their desk. They rely on their staff a lot. Um, and hence, this really points to a need of, like, I think we need an office of 300 really service, you know, public service-minded uh, technologists and scientists uh to, to be helping and who also have a bent for how technology and science intersect with policy right um, and the kinds of political, social, philosophical issues uh, that we face, so so you know I, I think one thing that we one of the main things of why we need an OTA, a new a revive OTA is the sense that um, we need an agency that anticipates Issues mm-hmm. and also understands uh, po- Congress as an institution. That's why it really needs to be, you know, attached to Congress. They need to have people who just sort of understand the legislative po- the process and the power structure, um, and you know, understands the needs as in, of, the, of, of Congress as an institution.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. Well, hopefully, <clears throat> uh, hopefully it works. I think it's it's important. Um, so let's let's talk a little about the other bill, the okay. uh, Justice and Forensic uh, Algorithms Act. Um, yes, you want to describe wh- what that does and what the issue is there?
1: Well, the issue is for again, uh, lay people, uh, judges, and prosecutors, and defense attorneys. Uh, who uh, and juries and juries, uh, mm-hmm. people who sit on juries, most importantly, to understand that a forensic algorithm uh, that has been designed uh, to do probabilistic DNA matching uh, might have the appearance of infallibility because um, yeah. it has the patina of science uh, around it. Um, but what's, what's concerning is, you know, uh, an article by Rebecca Wexler, who's now a professor at Berkeley Mm -hmm. Law, uh, wrote an article called, it was entitled Convicted by Code, caught the attention of some of my staff. And then they brought, you know, they brought their concerns to me and said, you know, boss, we, you know, this is, uh, disturbing that, uh, uh, that there's no, that, that the, that the people who make uh or design these forensic algorithms uh and profit from them and the, you know are selling them probably for a good deal of money uh to police departments and prosecutors uh that they're far from far from perfect and we don't really know their reliability independently and objectively and that people could who are you know defendants in criminal cases could you know lose their freedom, be imprisoned or even be uh, convicted of capital crime and be punished by death if you know because uh, of the uh, uh because the DNA matching evidence may be the only evidence in the case so um you know the stakes are quite high, and you know there was a case uh uh that that Ms Wexel wrote about uh, the Martel chubbs case um where uh, you know, uh, uh, it was in Long Beach, where uh, True allele, one of the widely used probabilistic genotype uh, typing programs, was used to identify a person named Martel Chubbs as a suspect in a cold homicide case from the 1970s. Uh, the match from True allele, the company, was the only evidence against hmm. uh, was only evidence against Chubs. Um, he requested access to the source code, and he was denied. Um, and, the, and the denial was based on the, the proprietary, the uh, intellectual property rights of um, you know, right. uh, True allele. So he wasn't able to challenge uh, the evidence against him, and he eventually, you know, took a plea deal. Um, so we, you know, we think that, you know, I think that uh, this is a fundamental contradiction of our what yeah. you know what our justice system should be about you know? and uh, so I uh, what I uh, what I think is that uh, intellectual property rights cannot and should not trump uh, uh, a defendant's ability to be able to critically um, review uh, the yeah. validity and reliability of uh, you know the, the forensic algorithm
0: yeah, it seems like basic concepts of due process should 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 trump a, a particular, you know, company's uh, proprietary rights, especially in a case like this where it's not like um being able to see the source code in a, you know as a defendant is going to lead to to competition issues, right, which is sort of the 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 intent of of you know the uh, whatever trade secret or whatever protections you're talking about. Um I'm I'm kind of amazed, you know, I mean I think this is important we've written about a bunch of these stories also. I'm I'm kind of amazed that, that judges haven't just um made this the, the way things are anyways that that they haven't said, you know, you can't use trade secrets to hide this stuff, but that that hasn't been the case which I guess is is
1: part of what necessitates you introducing this bill. Well, who knows whether judges fully understand what's at stake. That's true. Right? That's also So, I I, yeah. no, I thought this was a federal case or it looks like it was a state case. So I'm not trying to say that federal judges are awfully smarter than state judges, but you know. yeah, you never know. You Never but know. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, mean, no, I could I make mean- a, I could make a snide comment about the judges that are being <laughs> rushed rushed through the Senate now. Uh, some of them might be you know pretty smart. Some of them you know who knows. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, part of the issue, too, is like, again, like, I mean, getting back to the idea of tech expertise, right? I mean, this is probably also an area outside their tech tech expertise. And they might not even yes. realize how important it is to have the source code and be able to review that from, from the defendant's standpoint. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, if, if they're not technologically savvy or, or, or literate, it, they might not realize, you know, what's at stake. Um, and as you said, I mean, even, you know, even judges, not just juries, but judges certainly fall prey to the idea that if you you know, put, put, you know, a number on something or something that appears scientific, that there is some sort of, you know, uh, you know, scientific basis behind it. And so they might struggle with that and not realize that, that it might not, not, might not be the case.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that's precisely, I mean, I, I look at as an analogy uh, of a black box that pretty mm -hmm. spits out a result. Um, How does it, for the same reason that people who object to electronic voting systems, uh you know, where uh the vote counting is done yeah. at the ele- at the electron level. Right? You it's not visible to the naked eye. so people are like, well, how do we know that this is really counting the votes that we think so um so you know, we need the we need the uh the uh the algorithm companies, the, the firms that are producing these forensic algorithms to be able to show us data on the reliability. Yeah. Um, we need to understand how that data was, how the testing was done. That's why we also proposed in the bill and my legislation uh, that, the, uh, that NIST, uh, mm-hmm. the National Institute for Standards and Technology, uh, has a role in, uh, in the testing um, and setting standards for uh, these sort of programs. So that, you know, we have a definition of what near like 99% reliability is, you know, because it's all, you know, this is about probabilistic matching.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so what's, what's the next step for, for either one of these bills or both of these bills? What, what, what happens now? What, where are they likely to go or what do you think the chances are?
1: Well, my understanding is the forensic algorithm bill has been referred to this, uh, the uh, committee on science and Techno- the kind uh, space science and technology mm-hmm. and judiciary okay uh, uh, i think i think uh, I, I used to be a member of the of the science space science and technology committee um, i i I think it could very well uh make it through the hearing phase and uh be referred out uh, you sort of, you know, you've, you know. I don't know when you'll be broadcasting this podcast, but you know, to, today is the Judiciary Committee is very busy um, yeah. right now, so. Uh, <laughs> yes. and uh,
0: This will probably go up uh, next week sometime. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so every, yeah, Congress is 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 a, is a bit preoccupied right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have smart listeners and they understand the, the joke. Yeah. So. Um, uh, so, you know, I, this, I, this isn't particularly. I, I think this potentially has bipartisan appeal. Uh huh. You know that um, when I posted this on my Facebook page, some of my more conservative um trolls, I'll call them <laughs> trolls. They'll probably get mad. They'll say these uncivil, sure, uncivil congressmen referring to. One, as a <laughs> troll, uh, but you know, one of them actually said, "This is one of the first time I I, I might agree with you." And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, you know, I I I think he's one of the you know, you know, very rigid Se- Second Amendment people, and the Second Amendment people. I mean, it's true. Many of them, many of them, really do fancy themselves to be um, experts on the Constitution and um, and so, uh, so I do respect that they have this view of the Constitution that they take yeah. rights seriously. And so, you know, this is about due process rights. Yeah, um, you know, they don't want their guns taken away. Um, yeah. uh, without due process and that kind of thing. So, um, I can see I can see how this would this, this sort of thing would this sort of issue would would gain some support. Uh, the Office of Technology Assessment. Um, hopefully, we're seeing. Uh, the Senate complete their appropriations bills uh, mm-hmm. that we're not going to end up funding the government on a continuing resolution. That we actually do reconcile the appropriations language in in each the House and Senate version, and that OTA um, startup money stays there. Um, and my bill is is designed as a kind of enhancement uh, to right. m- make um, I think Republican. Um, members and even you know, a lot of Democratic members understand that this is this is really a different um, uh, iteration of the office, and that there are some very um, you know compelling new reasons to vote for this. So that right. it's kind of we, we try to uh, have the Enhancement Act kind of accompany the Appropriations action because technically the Office of Technology Assessment was never never. Uh, eliminated, it was just right. defunded. They just took away the money. Right. Right. right? So it technically yeah. still exists in law. Right. So we're just we're just sort of changing a little bit of its definition and then uh well not a little bit. It, it's some significant changes and then um uh using that as an as an enticement to say this is it's time to do this. Yeah. And there's you know, and there's plenty of national security reasons why we wanna yeah. we want to do this. Yeah, especially right now. Right Absolutely. now, so I'm looking at the clock. Yes, we've, we've gone over my hard stop.
0: Yes, so so you need to go. But, I need but to go. hey, I, I I appreciate you taking the time, uh, yes. Takano, and, yeah. and I appreciate the, the the bills that you've put forth. And uh, thanks so much for for both that and for taking the time. All
1: right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right,
0: thanks. Bye. I'm gonna take